The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Stud Town Basketball Podcast. My name is Nate. Uh, oh. How is that? You like, you like that? Oh, intro? I see what you did there. <laughs> you're, you're so familiar with your, your opening uh uh this is ben taylor by the way for uh those of you who didn't just read his name in the description of this podcast and click on it it could Um, have auto played it could have played right through from the last episode so (laughs) so there is uh there is nobody i would rather have on to do this show what we're gonna do is a tournament of the best teams of the decade we're gonna do pick one through 16 there are going to be a few rules here to try to get a little bit more diversity than we might have. Um, first off, Ben and I, he will get first pick. We're going to just alternate until we get to 16 teams, picking teams throughout the decade. Uh, and another thing that I think works well, Ben, because you do a lot of this research of like how good were these teams when they were healthy, the rules are going to be that we are assessing these teams when they were healthy as long as the player at least was healthy in the playoffs or played at least half of the, the regular season, just so we have enough of a sample to assess me what this team would have looked like. So um, that will uh, is that going to give us a brief preview, uh, Ben, you have to reveal, but is that going to affect any of the teams that, that you're going to pick? Not significantly, I would say, but I do think there is a team near the top that it'll, it'll come up where, you know, the one thing we said is we'll, we'll look at the team when they're healthy, but if there are injury, what do we call them? Injury risks, injury yeah. concerns. I think that's a viable place to have discussions. Certainly when I talk about all-time great player seasons, um, I tend to be fairly rigid on like this guy was injured. But I think the better discussion is, you know, in general, is this player an injury risk? Is his hamstring, <clears throat> cough, cough, is his hamstring going to pop at a certain point in the series? Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's a slight concern. Um, but, but so we'll give you some examples here. Russell Westbrook in 2013, healthy all season, injures his meniscus in game two uh, against Houston, potentially dirty play by Patrick Beverly. Uh, he, uh, 2013 OKC, we're going to include him as if it, he were healthy. But 2015 OKC, Kevin Durant misses almost the entire season with the Jones fracture. I think he only played maybe like 20, 25 games and doesn't play in the playoffs. So that, that's not enough for, 2015 OKC to get Kevin Durant so that's that, that's just a, an example of man OKC is gonna be so interesting in this um so the next thing that we're gonna do is that substantially similar teams are not allowed so there's gonna be a a little bit of subjectivity here Ben and I can talk about it but the two that I'd put forth are like 2015 and 2016 Oklahoma or I'm sorry uh Golden State you know those teams were pretty much the same cast of characters coming back 
And so if you pick 2016 Golden State, 2015 is now ineligible or uh, 2012, 2013 Miami, for instance, where it's just, it's not going to be interesting to talk about those teams both playing and, and then potentially ending up playing each other and, and arguing about it. So if the teams are substantially similar, then you can't pick them. But 2017 and 2016 Golden State, you add Kevin Durant, that's significant enough of a difference there. So, um, yeah, this really threw me for a loop when I had eight Memphis teams on my board and I had to pull all that grit and grind down. <laughs> There's a lot more research required. Anyway, keep going yeah. with the rules. Okay, okay. Uh, every Aside from that caveat, though, every championship team from the decade must be represented. Now, they might get picked 16th or something, but you at least make it into the tournament by winning a championship with the caveat, of course, that very similar entries, you know, 17-18, Golden State, 12-13, Miami, etc. Uh, you not, aren't going to duplicate there. So... So just uh, just to be clear yeah. on that for for everyone because it took me for a, a second to process it we we we're gonna pick all champions except a champion that's already been sort of selected at the at the peak of that similarity so you you pick one of the Golden State teams that's similar you pick fifteen or sixteen right yes so last thing here and this is something I wanted to talk about with you on the air uh, the format is seven game series higher seed has home court advantage but you made the point that you feel that the rules uh, have changed throughout this. Uh, and so how are we going to deal with that, you know, 2010 versus 2019 team going up against each other? What aspects of the rules do you think have changed? Well, I think they're subtle in a in a macroscopic sense. You know, that's why we said we'll just kind of talk about it on the show. But I think some of the officiating around physicality and around traveling um, could have an impact on the way we talk about the matchups for some of the stars, specifically in the last like two to three years with some of the high-level teams versus if you go back to the beginning of the decade, um, some of those teams were not only bigger sacrificing spacing for size, but they were way more physical in how they handled any actions going through the lanes and the refs allowed that. I mean, the extreme example that I brought up is if you go back and watch game seven of the 2010 finals, it kind of looks like an MMA match at this point. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't, you know, we can just use our discretion as we go through. But that those are those are the large ones for me. Well, I think maybe we could do it. I don't think it's changed that much. I mean, I think that that's one of the things like the physicality and cutters that they put in. But that was really only for the eighteen nineteen season that they really explicitly made that a point of education. And then the traveling, I'm not sure if it's changed or just the players have exploited stuff that would have been legal had they only been doing it back then. I mean, there certainly was never an overt discussion of it being changed. I guess they clarified the gather. Uh, I think it was before the start of this season that they did that. So that, that wouldn't apply, obviously, for the decade. But I, I would say at least that this is the decade that had the least amount of rule changes uh, of any decade that I can think of. Yeah, and I think after going through the teams, so that was something I thought about when you pitched me the idea. And then after going through the teams, I actually think just – the evolution of style and spacing and the expansion of the three-point shot and even some of the you know the speed of the game the motion offenses those are those are the larger things i think that are going to sort of um divide the early teams of the decade to the later so i don't know if we want to save that for for when we get into the teams but I, that was actually the thought i took away after after going through my board yeah i, I mean and that's going to be really interesting to have those teams match up and say you know all right is the later the evolution in style, does that make those teams better than the teams early in the decade? Or can those teams uh, match up? Uh, 
in a different way. Uh, we also have Ben Dole here with us uh, as well. When Ben Taylor and I are going through this, we're going to each present one of the teams and the case for them, how it would match up. And then if Ben and I disagree on who the winner of the series is, Ben Dole will be our tiebreaker based on the arguments that we have made. So Ben, Ben, are you, uh, are you ready for this gargantuan responsibility? It's a lot of pressure. I'll try not to crumble. But let me give you a little bit of social media advice here and just pick the 2010 Lakers to win every series that they're in. Duly noted. <laughs> uh, okay, let's uh, get started here. Ben, you have the first pick from this decade. Who is your number one seed? Nate, with the first pick, what are we calling this tournament? Does this have a name? Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, I that's mean, more important than all the rules and all that stuff. The the decade tournament? The the all-decade tournament? Maybe just the decade tournament. Okay, we'll call it the decade tournament. In the first pick yeah. of the decade tournament, I will select the 2017 Golden State Warriors. Okay. And, and just uh, you want to just give a, a brief intro uh, of that team. Obviously, everyone remembers it, but it, just uh, some of the some of their uh, their stats, why why they're your number one pick. Um, well, you alluded to sort of a lot of the work I do on healthy teams. They do have the best healthy team point differential in NBA history, over 14 points per game. They outscored opponents when everyone was on the court. That's Durant and Curry and Thompson and, oh, my God, how many other All-Stars did they have? 16-1 um, and one in the postseason, rolled through everyone. That one crazy Cleveland outburst away from being perfect. Uh, I think overall their record when they were together was 58 and eight that year. So pretty solid, pretty solid. So this one that I had that team as my highest team in a tier by themselves as I was thinking about this, got three teams in my next year. I'm not going to reveal all of them. You, you but, got to tiering. That's incredibly impressive. Uh, I just do it naturally. I, I, I talk with Daniel LaRue a lot. You're, you're a natural tier. <laughs> Go uh, ahead. Okay. I was torn between through these. I also think that some of my other teams, though, may be available later, that we may have some, some different opinions on them. So I'm going to take 2016 Golden State, the caveat that everyone is healthy, 73 and 9 that year Steph Curry eh, you know maybe maybe he'll uh maybe he'll get injured maybe he'll wear down later in, in the tournament but I think 73 and 9 you can't turn that down yeah I know they didn't win the championship but uh at full strength uh, I, during the regular season they dominated their opponent the Cavs and uh they beat up OKC pretty good and yeah I think it took a unique set of circumstances for them to not win ultimately so a uh, different team than 2017 warriors so that's going to knock out now 2018 golden state and 2015 golden state as being too similar 2019 golden state too as being too similar uh so all, all those other that's basically it for the warriors unless you really like 2014 you've already piqued my interest with this strategy of thinking that i won't take so you're, you're going like full dallas mavericks on me and you're going to pick tractor you're going to wait for me to pick and do the tractor trailer move for dirk nowitzki <laughs> everyone knows that story right i think so it's, okay uh, but i'm sorry it's not in this decade we can't talk yeah about no that. we can't talk about that yeah when we do this maybe we'll do this someday for like the 2000s uh that, that would be uh that would be intense yeah um, no i'm going on vacation after this one so <laughs> yeah yeah i apologize by the way Th thank you so much for putting all this work in. i didn't realize how much work this is going to be it's all this all decade stuff i've been like it's been really really fun to do and maybe that's why it's taken so much preparation but man um Okay, so you now have the number three seed in the decade tournament. So with the number three pick, 
in the All-Decade Tournament. I am delighted to pick this team. They're one of my favorite teams of all time. The 2014 beautiful game Spurs. Uh, Another team that when they were together, just clicking on all cylinders. Uh, They finished 46 and 15 when healthy, around plus 12 point differential. Here's the thing I love about them. It's going to come up later. Great offense and great defense. Uh, That's the young and emerging Kawhi Leonard team with the still around Duncan, Ginobili, Parker, and all kinds of other Euro fixings that we'll we'll get to later. So I'm going to go with the team that won 20 more games and lost only one more game one year earlier. 2013 Miami is my pick for the number four overall seed. Um, Yeah, I am not as high in that Spurs team. That's going to be a very, very interesting discussion. Um, I'm not as uh, I'm not as high on the Miami team. So yeah, no, I I think and this is this is going to be because I I think you probably have a good argument that that Spurs team has a little bit better of a statistical resume than 2013 Miami. Um, they also were not healthy towards the end of that year. This is again, I'm focusing on the the health aspect uh, as well. So, all right, five seed for you, boy, five seed in the decade tournament. I don't know if this is turning left or not. I have no idea. I think I'm going to take the 16 Cavs. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I still had one team above them, but that I think that is a very strong selection. I would have actually had them ranked higher than the 14 Spurs as far as actually matching up with each other. Uh, yeah, although, yeah, I can I can see that. I actually moved the Spurs up after after getting into a little film um, over the weekend. I, I'm curious, although on the 16 Cavs, did you think there was an argument for the 17 team being better? I did, but I think I ultimately went with a one-year younger LeBron James with more defensive capability. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of where I landed. The, seven, the 17 team, the defense statistically has a little more pop, and I think some of that is from like, you know, you're putting in Corver in more lineups and things like that, but I kind of agreed. I think the, the 16 was slightly better. Yeah, well, did, I, I mean, is the question is, is 2016 Cleveland hurt by Kevin Love being healthy? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Slow down. We'll get to that. We'll get some of these matchups. Okay. Uh, all right. This is my first non-champion at the number six seed. The 2018 Houston Rockets went 65 and 17 and took the healthy KD Warriors as far as it ever been taken. And many would argue they should have won that series. I wouldn't say so because uh, I, the Andre Iguodala injury really hurt the Warriors. Steph was, well, whether they should have won the series or not, I think the full-strength Warriors were better than the full-strength Rockets that year when you consider Steph was coming back from a two-month absence and Iguodala missed a lot of that series. But still, that team was very, very good and also I think is going to cause some big problems with their style for for some earlier in the decade teams. Yeah, I agree. They were they were right there for me uh, coming up next on my board. What pick are we at? What number? Seven. 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 Seed okay. Here for, yeah. for the number seven pick in the decade tournament, I will select another non-champion. I'm, it gets even crazier. This team didn't even make the conference finals. Oh, here we go. <laughs> You know what's coming, the 2016 San Antonio Spurs. Well, so here's my question. Yes, I know. How can you pick them over the team that beat them? I know. How can you do that? Um, first of all, I don't always think the best team wins the series. Yeah. Um, secondly, in that series, well, number two is matchups matter sometimes. Sometimes you can lose to a team but fare better in this tournament. So I definitely, yeah. right, I was definitely balancing that scale of, knowing that we're going to have to 
have some of these teams match up against, you know, the 16 Spurs won't necessarily match up with the 16 Thunder, maybe anyone else from 2016. Uh, and then just just for me in that series, I kind of always felt they were slightly better and some of the craziness around. I mean, you, of course, remember the Dion Waiters play at the end of whatever game that was, that wild game, game two. Oh, game my two. God. Yeah, that. So I don't I've never it was close between those two teams for me, but I I ended up liking the matchups and versatility of San Antonio in this tournament a little better. Yeah, I didn't think it was that close ultimately because they lost game six they were down 30 on the road in game six it happens that, that kind of and, and i think <laughs> frankly like i think the greg popovich's stubbornness really pushed me away from that team if he if you would let me believe that they're going to play Kawhi leonard at the four in this tournament i would have been higher on that team but i i we're starting to see this here it'll come up much more when we discuss obviously uh the individual matchups between these teams but i am uh I'm picking teams that I think are going to match up well and stylistically over perhaps, you know, the statistical dominance, which, I mean, that team was at one point on pace to be the second best regular season right. team of all time. You know, right. I mean, that was just, and they all, and they probably only didn't get there because they took their foot off the throttle late because Golden State won six more games than them. Um, so also though. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I also got a question taking that team over 2019 Toronto. Ooh. Can we can we just go back to the pop point really quickly while we're here? So oh, yeah. So uh, I, that's a compelling argument in the sense that I was thinking the team would have enough versatility and and you move them forward in time in a tournament like this and you give them prep work and I mean that coaching staff was pretty loaded back then. I was thinking that they would actually be more likely to change lineups because of everything that's happened in the last few years. The, but they were loaded. Pop, Pop was drunk. That's why I didn't play Kawhi at the four in, in that series. <laughs> that's quite a revelation. I didn't know you were a reporter, but this is uh, yeah. You should write a book on that team. Oh, uh, you you killed me with that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's keep going. We can come back to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think uh, obviously we're going to have different different uh, opinions here. This is going to be good. Ben Dell may be busy. Well, uh, I, I wanted to take as many pop teams, teams as possible to really see how you would react under the Popovich yeah. pressure. Well, no, I mean, because I, I, I think you have to, the coach is part of the team, right? Like, we're not the coach. We're not the ones who are making these lives. I, I think you can say, hey, you know, they'd have a week to prepare. They'd get to watch film on these guys. Um, but, I mean, to to change the entire style, uh, you know, I don't see Tom Thibodeau of the 2012 Bulls, who might get picked. Oops, sorry. Um, we'll, we'll see about that. Uh, you know, changing up his style. Like these are, the, you just won 67 games. You got to dance with who brung you, right? Like, uh, in theory. Um, okay. Let's take a quick break here and then we'll, uh, we'll finish out the bracket right after this. So if you're like me with all the reading that I have to do just to keep up with the NBA, then my fiction reading, and then there's also things outside of basketball that I want to learn about. But if I'm being totally honest, I don't know if I have time for an entire nonfiction book anymore, because really, if you're trying to learn something or trying to improve, are you really going to remember everything from a 400-page book? No, you're probably not. Well, I don't know. Maybe what you would do is you would read the 400-page book and you'd take some notes on it. And then you could refer back to those notes to help you remember the really important stuff in that book. Well, Blinkist just did that for you. Everything you need to know the key takeaways from thousands of nonfiction books are available in Blinkist's app, condensed down to 15 minutes that you can either read or listen to in their app. 
works on your phone, your tablet, or web browser. You've got health, self-help titles, history, business, all included in Blinkist's library. Becoming by Michelle Obama. The Power of Habits by Charles Duhigg, one of my favorites that I read in my 20s, Emotional Intelligence by Daniel Goldman. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, and you get them all for one low price. They have a special offer for our listeners at Blinkist.com slash Capspace that'll let you try it free for seven days and, and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist.com, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, like blinking, Blinkist.com slash Capspace to start your free seven-day trial and save 25% off. Don't forget that slash Capspace URL to let them know that you came from us. Okay, so 2016 Spurs in the books. I have three teams now that I am really struggling to choose between. Welcome to the club. Yeah, this this is where it gets really, really difficult. I'm going to go with the 2019 Toronto Raptors. I need to, need to get show some respect to Kawhi. They're healthy. That helps. Uh, I think this is one of the greatest defensive teams of all time, and they have a ton of versatility, can play any style. Really, really impressive group. Um, modern style. Maybe this might be one of the two or, or three best defensive teams on this list to me in terms of both the, their versatility at full strength. Again, this very unimpressive regular season, but um, so... There you go, 2019 Toronto. Off yeah, the list they're me. a trick. They're a tricky team from a sample size standpoint because of the Gasol trade and because you know Kawhi was L- LM'd during the season. Are we allowed to say that? Would that get censored out? You no, bleep? no, it's changed now. He was uh, knee management is now okay. The, the term he's he's going to miss. Uh, we're recording this on Monday, so he's going to miss tonight. Uh, okay, you're on the number nine seed, getting oh, to the man. bottom half of the bracket now, and I, I do think it would be fair too. Uh, well. I'll, I'll, that you know if you're trying to win this here you know you don't necessarily have to just pick based on team quality you can go for a matchup here too if you want to well now i can see the matchup yeah so yeah. boy should i so i have two teams i'm looking at here you go with go with, just go with 2019 Milwaukee. yes that was yes. one of them i just yes you want to run it back <laughs> i think we have to do that right that would be amazing i i, I think i'll do it i think i'll go I'm not going to say the other team, but I'm just going to go with the 2019 yeah, Bucks. Yeah, no, it's, it's got to be. All right, wow. So Dallas fans, Lakers fans, very, very angry right now. And, that, and the next pick gets even better, potentially. Go ahead, well, Nate. Well, so, so look at this. Let's just take stock right now. No team before 2013 has been picked yet. That's uh, Now, those weren't unbelievable seasons, 2010 in particular, but it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. I think that it could be a harbinger. Uh, okay, so it's my turn here? It is your turn. 2016 Oklahoma City Thunder. And look who they would play in the first round. <laughs> he's he's cackling because it's the 2016 Spurs. I didn't even I didn't even realize that. Oh man. That, that, those those the, were the two teams I was choosing between by the way. Oh man. That's well and then if they win, look who they get in the second round. On the on the 10-7 game? Oh my no. That's right. Oh, this bracket is awesome. I didn't even do this on purpose either. This is fantastic. Okay, wow. This is going to be some major relitigation here. Okay, your turn. Number 11 seed. Uh, matching up against the 2018 Rockets. Okay, boy, I'm going to have to... Th- oh, the 2018 so, Rockets so matchup. Just, let's, take, let's take a little stock here, by the way. Uh, 2011 Dallas and 2010 Lakers still must be picked at some point. And uh, 
2012 Miami cannot be picked because uh 2013 Miami was already picked they're substantially similar so we've got six picks left here but two of them must be 2011 Dallas and 2010 Lakers I I am definitely on the fly here thinking more about the matchup the fact that this game is going to be saddled with this with the 2018 Rockets boy saddled saddled with saddled with Rockets. yes what does that mean yes it's, you know stuck with okay you mean like they just it's going to be a struggle for yeah them? Uh, well what team on the board could I put in here that would that would do well against what the Rockets were doing that season um oh man this is painful hold on let me let me let me check a bench hold on okay Man, the team I want to take, I'm I'm now having the reservations about their coaching that you hit me with on the Popovich 16 Spurs earlier, which I think is a valid, if we're going to do it that way, I, I'm really hesitant to, to take this team because of his coach. Oh, I feel very stuck. This is horrible. Uh, I mean, I, I could just earmuff it if you want to just like say who you're who you're thinking about. I'll just I'll just take my headphones out if, if you want. You can uh, Ben can just message me when you're done talking. Just to, let, let's let we can take teams uh, take the listeners through the throes of your process. Yeah, yeah. Why don't we here. do that? Why don't we put Nate on earmuffs and I'll just talk out loud for a second? Okay. All right. My headphones are now out. Okay. So the team I was going to pick is the 2012 Thunder. It's an earlier team in the decade. The earlier teams in the decade do, in general, have challenges matching up with more of the space of the later teams. Some of the and especially Houston who's going to target switches. On the flip side, Oklahoma City did have kind of better modern principles starting around that team. They're loaded with Harden, Westbrook, and Durant. They can go Durant, Ibaka, but I'm just having, I'm having Scott Brooks, oh, having Scott Brooks doubts. Um, I'll do it. All right, Ben, tell him, tell him to come back in the room. Tell him to come back. All right, so did you make your selection, Ben? Yeah, I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take the 2012 Oklahoma City Thunder. 2012 Thunder. Interesting. So that, of course, is the year they made the finals. Yeah, I can't take the 14 Thunder, right? Because of the... It's too yeah, that's similar. A little, I think that's a little bit too similar to uh, 16. I mean, that's pretty much all the same. Like, their top five guys are pretty much the same. There. Yep, I they think maybe I'm... Maybe four. Well, unless you want to count Derek Fisher as one of their top five. <laughs> Wait, he... No, no, no. Keep going. Maybe, your your yeah. pick. <laughs> okay. So 2012... Uh, do we think that 2013 OKC is too similar to 2012? I think that's far enough different from 2016 OKC. 12 and 16 are different to me. 12 has Harden, remember? Right, right. But yeah. but 12 and 13, are those different enough from one another? With Harden being gone and Kevin Martin in his place. Uh, that's a pretty significant difference. Right? I, would say they're, I would say they're different. But then you're going to say, so you're just going to kind of jimmy in the, the Kevin Martin team in there? as a unique team well i mean that's one of the that's one of the great what ifs right they're by far uh the best regular season team other than the win aspect that year not miami um they had beaten the spurs the year before albeit with big contributions from james harden yeah i don't know i, yeah, so, I but but so you think 2012 okc is better than 2013 OKC I, I don't know fight? my my notes on the two of them were the 12 you could argue that the 13 team is better uh, i'm just not sure i I kind of want Harden to play Harden, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Harden to defend Harden. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel that it feels very stuck having to look at the board. I almost, I almost feel like I need more modern teams, but the lower end modern teams I was digging into wouldn't really do much. I mean, other Western teams from the same era aren't going to necessarily have much success. 
against that Rockets team. I, I don't know. I feel stuck. We should move yeah, along. I mean, and, and they did make the finals. All right, that, that's fine. I mean, I think even 13 is kind of close to 16. So, uh, all right. I mean, it's it's your discretion. So uh, if if I feel really strongly about 13 OKC in one of these matchups, I'm, I might pick it. But all right. So I've got, so I still am going to have to pick. So with your 15th pick, you're going to have to pick one of 2010 Lakers and right. 2011 Dallas. Um, all right. I'm going to go with the 2010 Orlando Magic as the number 12 seed. Wow. Now, now I looked at that team, and I think there's an obvious reason why they would do better in this tournament. But then how do you, how do you square the fact that they struggled so much against the Celtics? I'm just, gonna, I'm just going to throw some of your, <laughs> I'm just going to throw it back at you. It doesn't feel so good, does it? Well, I mean, the, the year before that team was pretty good. Right, I mean, they were thirty-three-year-old Vince Carter did not have a good playoffs. I recall that, but I mean, I think people for uh, I think that Dwight that uh, era Dwight is a force that is really going to cause problems for teams that just weren't used to going up against someone that was that good defensively. Like I think he you know has the highest defensive peak of any player in this decade. So uh, and, and they play a more modern style with the shooting. Right, right. They've got pretty decent guys on the wing to defend so um and that's another one of those kind of what if teams that i thought was just an unbelievable team and i was just so shocked when they lost to to that boston team man that is a great pick i i like that pick. and i think maybe as an underdog they could be a little bit better i mean you might say oh well you know mentally they couldn't hold up against the celtics or something but uh as an underdog i think they might they might do better okay so next up to me is number 13 and that means they're gonna this this team is gonna match up against the 2013 Heat. Oh, oh man, I know who I'd be picking right now <laughs> if I were you. But uh, sadly, it's not my pick. <laughs> wow. So you have someone earmarked that you think would? Well, I mean, I think also the way we've been uh, working some of these matchups, like we've been kind of liking the story a little bit on some of these. So yeah, I the team I want to pick, I don't love either. Um, I mean, can I... Uh, yes, please. Can, how about this? Can I just swap picks with you? I'll give you 14 and you can have... Th- and I, I give 13. You want to you want to trade up for, for free? For absolutely nothing. Yeah. All right, let's yeah. do it. Okay. 2012 Chicago Bulls. Good, because I've got some things to say about them. <laughs> <laughs> if healthy. This is... this is Remember, this is healthy. Derek they can, Rose is healthy. They can be healthy. Uh, Joakim Noah is healthy in the playoffs. Um, okay, so you get two in a row here, 14 and 15. And I have to take one of the one of the title teams as well. Yeah, yeah. You you have to take at least one of twenty eleven Dallas or twenty ten Lakers. Although I guess now if I'm I had a special team that I wanted to pick for the sixteenth seed, but I may not be able to do that now. But that's okay. Twenty twelve Bulls had to be in there. I think even even if you're going to tell me why they suck and they just you know, kinda <laughs> are going to lose, but I, and also going against the the Heat, that was the matchup that everyone wanted to see that we were deprived of when Rose tore his ACL. Right. Here's a question about the Heat. I mean, I guess we'll come back to it. Um, how are we treating like more chronic stuff like Dwayne Wade's knee? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I guess we'll just have to talk about. Okay. That. All right. Um, we'll come back to it. Yeah. Let me see. This this trade that I've made is now looking brilliant. I, I think I control... we can say we at least could say everyone is healthy to start the first round, though. We, I think we can at least we're at least going to say that. Okay. That's yeah. fair. Okay. So the Nate traded me his pick for nothing except for control of the last three teams in the tournament. Yeah, that's true. You can force me to take whatever team you think is worst out of 2011 Dallas and 2010 Lakers. Well, I'm not going to take both 
of the championship teams in 14 and 15, I don't think. Um, so I think I'm going to probably force you to take the one I don't want. Let me see how to do this. Hold on. Let me think. Okay. I'm going to take with the 14th pick in the decade tournament. I'm going to take the 2015 Clippers. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. That not even on my radar screen here. Um, 2014, I thought actually was their better team. Uh, yeah, I didn't know. I went back and forth. I went back and forth and I decided, I decided on the 15 team being a little better, another year of experience. Um, the numbers were very similar, all that stuff. Well, well, I mean, I guess if you pick 2014 Clippers, uh, look at halfway, halfway through the first round, the Donald Sterling allegations would yeah, come up. Yeah, we can't have so, that. <laughs> so that could, it, it might just be a little too distracted. <laughs> so maybe you're better off going 2015. So, um, yeah, 2015 Clippers, yeah. and they will match up with the 2014 Spurs. That's interesting, actually. Yes. You know, I like yes. that because they beat pretty much that team a year later, although obviously they're, that, that team wasn't as good. Uh, they, they definitely had some big declines between 14 and 15. Yeah, 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 definitely. Players, but, but that was that yeah, was That would be a good one to talk about. Okay. This is, uh, okay. And then... So, so you got to take either 2011 Dallas or 2010 Lakers. And it's versus the 16 or 17 Warriors. So I'm going to do something a little strategic here just for fun even though i guess the 2017 warriors are my pick uh, i'm gonna try to i'm gonna try to stick them with a team maybe that you have to lean into the thing even more i'm gonna take the 11 mavs in the 15 spot interesting okay so you're just gonna be 2017 warriors versus the gigantic lakers team of 2010 yeah that, that'd be interesting i mean now the 09 Lakers were a juggernaut. That team won 65 games. The year afterwards, they were, were not as good and kind of slogged through the regular season. But I mean, I, I, would you say that the 2010 Lakers, I would say they probably had the easiest path to a championship of any team this decade? Hmm. 2012 Heat would actually be up there too, as far as the easiest path to a championship. Yeah, I think the I think the 2012 Heat, who did the 2012 Heat play in the second round pacers oh that was the pacers series where they they were down down 2-1 right yeah they're down 2-1 chris bosh gets injured after game three and they go that that but it was the greatest thing that ever happened to them because they finally had to embrace small ball right 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 and then in the conference finals they were down 3-2 to the celtics yeah a a bad celtics team by the way like a a team that had no business being in the conference finals but the derrick rose tore his acl so they they played a seven game series against the eighth seed sixers which actually was a better team than people remember uh that eighth seed sixers team was actually like it was had a pretty good point differential that year yeah i wouldn't call that 12 celtics team bad they were they were in a stretch where they were defensively dominant and they still had sort of defensive you know stoutness but at that point when you're in the playoffs and you're like a very good defensive team and a below average offensive team that's not what final four teams conference finalists usually bring to the table so i think in that respect you know they were certainly i'd probably go with that um okay so i've got the 2010 lakers who were some of the other teams that were on your board that didn't get picked well is is there any team that didn't that you would have picked that didn't get picked because i picked some other teams no there isn't actually okay interesting um i can talk about some of the weirder things i considered certainly i looked at the 10 celtics yeah um yeah given some of the things we've talked about Another team, just because, and I don't think they're just not good enough to fly, as we just discussed, but the 2010 Suns were, were yeah. so kind of progressive and good on offense and spacing and shooting, um, but I think they just have way too many weaknesses to hang in this tournament. Yeah. And, and, I mean, they got beat pretty thoroughly by by those Lakers. I mean, that, it was a good series, but they, they were, 
they just didn't have enough. The yeah, they were outclassed. Yeah. They didn't have enough. Now, if it had been the 07 Suns, then we would have something to talk about. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was one I considered as well. They weren't at the top of my list. Uh, 14 LA, LA Clippers, I right. think, other than the Sterling thing, to me, I thought that was better than 15. I thought Blake Griffin in particular had a significant decline in athleticism, as did Paul between uh, 14 and 15. Um, so you like 14, Paul. Like, it's it's a clear line for you between 14 and 15, Paul? I don't know if it's a clear line, but I do think he just had a little bit more athletically, especially going up against more modern teams. I think both Griffin and Paul, younger, able to beat their one-on-one matchups a little bit better. Um, so then another another couple that I considered, this is a team that I, before I made that dumbass trade, I was going to put them in the 16 seed basically just as a matchup for 17 Golden State, and that's 2019 Philly. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's healthy it's being a- the caveat there with Embiid being, being healthy, just so much size and length and just a weird team that it could really just kind of mess up that Warriors team, I think would have been, and Embiid, you know, who would have guarded him like that. I think that would have actually been, they, they might, I don't think they would have won, but they maybe could have gave that team a little more trouble than expected in the first round. We got something similar, at least with that. I wanted it. I wanted a giant team to play that was Golden yeah. State teams. And then uh, the last one for me would be uh, the 2010 Cavaliers. Yeah. Okay. Talk a little bit more about that. I, I thought about that too. So the uh, if healthy aspect, and you could make the argument that that was the best LeBron, you know, that, that era, Um, you probably would say no, it was when he was a little more experienced, 2012, 2013 with Miami. But that Cavs team, you could say, hey, a big part of why they lost to Boston was LeBron's elbow was jacked up and he couldn't make right, a jump shot. Right. Yeah. There, you know, there's that. I think I didn't love the mental strength slash noise around that entire roster like Antoine Jameson was I think he airballed multiple shots in a game in Boston in that series as things were kind of going south there just there wasn't a lot in the supporting cast to love when you stack it up against a tournament like this with teams that are going to be more progressive and and more advanced so yeah thought about them too but passed yeah so so just to remember the starters Mo Williams, Anthony Parker, LeBron, Anton Jameson, Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, and they were they were better basically without Shaq. I, he kind of like mucked up the magic they had a little well, bit. Well, and he came he came back right at the start of the playoffs. He had been injured, um, and I think that kind of messed them up a little bit. And then uh, Delonte West, Anderson Vergeau, and Jamario Moon coming off the bench. So uh, you know, I mean, that team did in fact win nineteen games the following season. <laughs> so. Uh, it, can make the argument the supporting cast wasn't that good first round number one seeded 2017 warriors number 16 seed 2010 lakers everyone knows who's on that warriors team the 2010 lakers just to refresh their rotation Derek fisher kobe bryant meta world peace lamar odom and Pau gasol was probably be their closing lineup though they did start bynum and then uh jordan farmar and shannon brown were probably their other two pieces off the bench and Golden State obviously uh, had uh, the Hamptons Five evolutionary version of the death lineup. Zaza, uh, yeah, Zaza, David West, Sean Livingston. It's mostly Zaza though. That's that's the key to the team. Yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, yeah. Good thing we didn't pick the 2017 Spurs, who are ineligible, by the way, with 2016 being picked. Uh, that might have been actually one that I would have looked at. Just but. just for the Zaza enforcer effect. Yeah. 
Okay. What are your thoughts here? Well, I mean, how are are you are you taking the Lakers? Is that how we're going to do this? Can I ask you how you're going to? Yeah. How you? Yeah. Gonna- that, yeah. That's fine. So I think we can get at least a game. I think our playbook. If you go back to the very first game of the 2017 regular season, where San Antonio humiliated the new KD Warriors at home, that's our playbook. And we have Pau Gasol, who was actually great in that game. You go back and look at Game Seven of the 2010 Finals. We're going to do it on the offensive glass. We're, we've got three guys who are way bigger than anybody that Golden State is going to throw out there. We've got the length of Gasol at the basket. We're going to funnel everything towards him and Bynum. Uh, you know, we're going to have great offensive rebounding. This is probably the best offensive rebounding team in this tournament. Uh, we are definitely going to hurt Golden State if the threes are not folding or falling for the Warriors. We're going to be able to get there. Um, Kobe Bryant, you guys want to switch? We're going to get Kobe Bryant involved with Steph Curry. Um, I think where it might break down is that the lack of three-point shooting and the triangle against all the switchability and length that this team has defensively. I'm not sure we're going to be able to score that well, ultimately, um, because I think the Warriors have enough uh, length and intelligence and switchability to double-team in the post and do just well enough on the defensive glass. Our transition defense is going to get exposed, and... The tra- I don't think that's the one it. to me yeah. the transition yeah. element so going back and this is something that happens to me when i watch games in, in like historical projects so you go back and watch a game in 2010 and they don't get into their offense until 16 15 on the clock and then you watch the 2017 warriors and if you use that little five second jump button and you go to 18 seconds they might have already scored so you know just the raw pace of these teams i think the lakers were down at like 92 possessions Per game and the Warriors were over 100 in 2017 and I think that's going to be the first area where you've got all these big bodies on the court what's going to happen in any kind of transition transition situation even off made baskets where you've got guys running to the line running to their but getting into the offense early I, I you know how do you handle that who are you run our tester meta world peace is not exactly optimized chasing little guys around screens yeah now he might be able to guard KD in an ISO, but then what happens when they just run the KD stuff, pick and roll? And then Curry also, Clay Thompson. I mean, just the level of shooting is just not something that these Lakers uh, are going to be prepared for. And yeah, you know what? The Lakers can probably barricade off the rim, but it's ultimately not going to matter. And I mean, with they're going to play a conventional pick and roll defense, and we just we saw what happens to teams that play even the 2016, 2015 Warriors not to mention the 2017 Warriors that play a conventional pick and roll defense leaving the pigs back i mean it just right it's it's just not going to work defensively even though that was a team with a lot of length and a good defensive team for the time and you know i mean you can even make the argument that that lakers team would do better against some of these other teams later in the decade you know like maybe the raptors or something like that but i mean the war that that warriors team we may be talking about that team is something that we've just never even seen anything close to it 30 years from now even as an offensive group yeah i know i think they're the best offensive team ever and i i I, for especially for a tournament like this i like the idea of getting fire and ice and like having a giant team but in this case bynum he's less mobile than some of the guys golden state was playing in 15 and 16 um obviously by 17 they had sort of run a lot of those guys off the court and that's a huge concern because even though he was only like 20 25 minutes a game he gave them some extra length, size, rebounding, great interior defender in terms of shot blocking and kind of standing under the rim. But 
that's a different model against this Warriors team. And then, you know, Odom is great, but Odom's not a spacer necessarily. He's not going to knock down a bunch of open yeah. threes. I mean, that's the problem, right? Like the post-ups. Right. It's twos versus uh, threes. Right. And this Warriors team is one of the best at helping, making, you know, taking advantage of teams that can't space themselves as well. So, yeah, I mean, I think I would probably, I would definitely give the Lakers a game. I think the offensive rebounding, the length at the basket, uh, you know, maybe Kobe can go off. I mean, that's, that's what we haven't talked about that. I'm sure Lakers fans would be like, oh, Kobe would kill these guys. I mean, I don't really think that'd be the case. I mean, I think they'd just force him to go one-on-one every time. Maybe he gets hot enough in one of the games. Um, So, you know, it's either 4-1 or 4-2 to me, leaning towards 4-1. Yeah, I agree with 4-1. I tend to think of series as like the probability, you know, 60-40, 70-30. And so if I convert that, I'm very good with 4-1 here. Okay, so uh, let's mark that one down. All right, this is this is the time here. <laughs> Relitigating the 2019 Eastern Conference Finals, Raptors and Bucks, both teams are fully healthy. So is is Malcolm Brogdon more healthy? I mean, I think he played pretty well. I wouldn't say he was unhealthy coming into that. I, I know he came back during the Celtics series, but I, I mean, he had a really good series. It's tough to imagine him having a better series than he did. He was their second best player. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So then who, in terms of like any health issues, who do you think that benefits? <sighs> I mean, Kawhi was kind of struggling with the left knee issue in the middle. Um, what I mean, game? He was limping around a little bit. He, he would be better defensively even than I think he was in that series. But certainly switching him on to Giannis. Um, the Raptors have home court here, by the way. Ooh, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's actually huge. That's a big a big one to note. Too. The Raptors yeah. were the eighth seed. I think I think Kawhi. Here's the thing, and and if we're gonna play the injuries this way, which I think is the most fun way to play it. He injured it in like game two or something, right? On that dunk or aggravated it. It's a chronic type of condition. Yeah, I think I, I think so, yeah. Okay. So I I don't think it's fair. Like, in other words, Kawhi's chronic injury is always a risk to have some kind of flame up. And in you could argue, okay, it's the first round, so it's less likely I would buy that. But I still think there's a small kind of risk that you would see the same wear and tear in a series like this, maybe by the end of the series. Yeah, I, I think that's reasonable, especially if he's got to play a ton of minutes. Now, I mean, let's not forget, yeah, they won in six, the Raptors, but they were went into, what was it, double overtime in game three. Yeah, yeah, they won They won the close series. Ones. Yep, last two games were close as well. Uh, yeah, game six, didn't Milwaukee lead it by 15 yeah. on the road in the third quarter? They had a, I don't remember what it exactly was, but they had a lead uh, relatively, you know, midway through the game or something and toronto came back yeah i mean nikola miritich i'm guessing he might make more than like one shot in the series this time around well so there's two big questions for me one does knowing what they know now does milwaukee still have the same lineups and spacing concepts i did a whole video on the thinking basketball youtube channel on this specifically where like eric bledsoe is Giannis's outlet valve anytime the raptors send those doubles um if the answer is no, I don't know how much I like their chances to win the series. If the answer is yes, I'm going to start, you know, considering Milwaukee more. So that's one big thing for me. The yeah. o- the other big one, um, I can't remember. Well, here's what I think it comes down to, and this is why the Bucks lost the series. Is that I think Kawhi was better than Giannis. Uh, Kawhi guarded Giannis, made things difficult for him. That Raptors defense flew around. The Raptors, I mean, I think the Raptors supporting cast is better. I don't think you're going to get around that. I think if they run yeah. it back, Giannis 
we can't magically gift him skills he didn't have in 2019. Uh, I think Kawhi is probably going to have a better offensive series just about every time you run that back. The other one that I remembered was, and this is a tricky space to get into when you litigate series, but the the Fred Van Vliet effect, right? Like, he's not going to make that many threes again. Now, that doesn't mean that the Raptors won't be on the positive side of hot shooting, but you know, that was one very tangible thing that I think had a big effect, especially in the close games in that series. What was, what was his percentage in that round? Do you, do we have that? One second, let me pull it up. Because he was absolutely El Fuego once his son was born. Isn't it En, en Fuego? Maybe. I do not speak Spanish. Hold on, here. It's going to take me just a second. Don't worry, the silence will get edited out, unless I continue talking about it, of course. Fred Van Vliet, 64% true shooting. Cal Lowry, 71% true shooting in that series. And Van Vliet was 16 to 28 from three. Lowry was 20 to 43 from three. Yeah, 16 to 28 is, that's 57%. That's that's quite, I mean, here's the thing. Your shooting luck is never going to be perfectly balanced. But from specifically from those guards, where they want to play those guards with, you know, the, the sort of dual effect of playmaking and Lowry's stout enough to handle switching defensively, just that level of shooting, um, uh, to me, that would be the argument for those, those two things would be the argument for the Bucks taking this if they ran it back. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you, Toronto was 37% from three and the Bucks were 31% in the series. Yeah. So that's, I mean, yeah, you, you, those two flip, but I mean, Toronto had some, re- I mean, those are like, real 40 percent three-point shooters on toronto where the bucks are kind of more volume guys necessarily i think they they had some a little more variation there so i think i gotta go at the home court i think we'll go four three raptors would be my pick uh in part based on the home court yeah i agree with that i agree right. does that mean i'm picking against my own team um yeah, i don't it looks know like it. i don't know that's that's right though it shows our objectivity it's, it's a habit of mine you've seen nothing yet wait, wait do we get later you, you can right. you can talk me into the warriors losing 2016 Cavs versus 2010 Magic, the 512 matchup. So obviously, number one here is that Cavs offense. How are the Magic going to slow it down? And LeBron was just absolutely unstoppable. They also had Kyrie. I don't particularly like the Magic's individual matchups against those guys. The question becomes, can Dwight make up for that by just being a good enough helper at the rim? I think it's going to be, and he, if he can guard Tristan Thompson, then I think he can clean up a lot of these, uh, you know, we're going to have him clean up a lot of these messes. And then the question becomes, are the Cavs going to go with Kevin Love at center to try and spread out Howard? That's something where, you know, I think the Cavs might just be able to outscore the Magic uh, if Howard doesn't have a place, you know, he's got to guard someone at the three-point line. That's not something he really ever had to do back then. You know, I thought Tristan Thompson had real moments in the 2016 playoffs. Oh, yeah, he was he was excellent. I mean, he was their most important defensive player probably. So, and and then you look at the rebounding numbers and and that 16 Cleveland team rebounded well and you kind of for me when I start to think about Howard as a strength for the Magic, I don't think it's a good matchup for his sort of athletic talents because one you have I I think Thompson would get plenty of run and play well. And two, LeBron Still, I mean, when has LeBron struggled finishing against Dwight Howard teams? Yeah, you're finishing at the rim, you mean? Yeah, I mean, if Howard, if Howard's biggest value is even just deterring shots in the paint, I don't think that's really ever happened when LeBron comes down 
the lane on his drive. So he's going to. Uh, I mean, 2016 LeBron is not 2009 LeBron. No, but he's still extremely powerful, right? He still knows how to use his body. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm thinking. Like, you, you, I, I, yeah. Go ahead. I, I think conventional pick and roll defense, uh, pick and roll between LeBron and Tristan Thompson. I think as the Magic, we can guard that pretty well. Um, the problem becomes when LeBron goes after the smaller guy, or again, I think Thompson is off the floor. Like if you watch some of those matchups with the Warriors, the Cavs usually couldn't score all that well when Tristan Thompson was on the floor because that gave the Warriors a place to have a help defender when LeBron or Kyrie could get the matchup. I think Kyrie is the other problem. I mean, for here, here are the point guards for that Magic team. That's the Jameer Nelson team. Yeah, yeah. So we yeah. got Jameer Nelson, Vince Carter, Matt Barnes, Rashard Lewis, and Dwight Howard. And then we got Jason Williams. Yeah, White Chocolate. Yep. JJ Redick, Mikhail Pietras, Ryan Anderson, and Marcin Gortat, as well as a young Brandon Bass. So we're pretty deep, but that's not going to help us as much here in the playoffs. No, and I also wonder that that sort of spread pick and roll concept, even if Tristan Thompson is the role man in, in the action with LeBron, you know, is, is the Orlando defense can it get out to the spacing spots enough because he would just LeBron is just about as good as anyone in history is you cheat in from the weak side and he slings the skip pass to the corner um I I just I don't know you're not you're not selling me enough on what you guys can do defensively in this matchup that Cleveland team yeah that Cleveland team was a phenomenal offensive team and that stretch they had with LeBron uh, 15 they had a lot of injuries but 16 17 going very deep in the playoffs they're actually one of the better three-year, you know, multi-year, large sample size playoff offenses ever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, that was the, the year they put up like, you know, 24 three-pointers against the Hawks. And, right, right, right. You know, uh, J.R. Smith is probably going to have a, a field day here. Um, not a lot of depth on that Cleveland team, but I, I think the, the more interesting thing to me, is, like, I think Orlando can slow, like Howard is really good. Um and as long as you're not spacing him out too much, I think he could have an effect. Uh, but like, you could at least force Cleveland to shoot jump shots, and maybe they just miss some in some of the games. I just don't think that Orlando on the other end, I mean, there was a good, I think they're like third in offense and third in defense in 2010. But I don't think that they can ultimately keep up, especially if the Cavs just decide to go all offense with Love at center. Um, you know, is, is Howard going to be able to like kill Love and LeBron in the post enough on the other end? probably not like you just can't be efficient enough with post-ups to match the firepower what this Cavs team could do on the other end yeah I agree got it right here the Cleveland offensive rating in that postseason just under 117 when they were all healthy yeah that's it and who the hell guards Kyrie on this team too I mean Matt Barnes Vince Carter Nelson uh and there's basically no one that you Pietras might be their best option guarding Kyrie one-on-one so if he wants to get into his ISO game you know, late in games, especially, I don't think they have an answer. So um, what do you think? 4-1, four, 4-2? Four, four, I mean, that Cavs team wasn't that good in the regular season, but uh, this is also kind of one of the trends of this decade, too, is I think regular season success used to be a lot more predictive of playoff success than it became later in the decade. And LeBron being a, a big, a lot of his teams are just so much better in the playoffs because they're taking it kind of easy. Yeah, you know, that might be related to there's sort of an historical trend where your defensive performance in the regular season used to carry over more in the playoffs and now it's offense that's that's mattering more. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, so that's that's actually one of the th- things that sort of made me comfortable 
having this Cleveland team there so good in the playoffs on offense and so hard to take away. And of course, we're we're near the end of, you know, all these teams that we love we're talking about are at the end of this decade where we've sort of polished the space and the pace. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm totally comfortable with saying Cavs in five or six, I suppose. Something like that feels right to me. Well, and here's the other thing too. You might say, oh, well, those teams, they would have trouble matching up with teams from earlier in the decade because it would just be such a stylistic difference. I disagree with that because there still were teams that played like the Lakers and Magic who were around. They just weren't any good. Right, (laughs) right, right. You know, so, so, and yeah, I mean, Dwight Howard would have a a game. I think you, you know, I think the Cavs being a good rebounding team is a big aspect too, though, um, to take away some like what Dwight would be doing on the offensive glass. And, you know, the, the Magic spacing back in 2010 with Lewis at the four was pretty revolutionary. But if you look at, uh today that's not like incredible you know certainly dwight pick and rolls uh with pretty good space around i don't think cleveland's gonna like shut them down by any means but i just think they're gonna outscore them most of the time yep agreed um oh and by the way lebron may have played at the highest level of any player ever in in the playoffs (laughs) yeah well this is the first round he's got to warm it up he's got to he's only at like you know normal all-time level right now here we go 413 matchup 2013 heat against 2012 bulls i actually picked both of these teams so i think these are both teams that you are maybe lower on the than the consensus if you want to explain that i am so i actually got to look at a little film on these teams not not that i haven't seen it many times before but i they were in my weekend cramming session for this uh incredibly important decade tournament Uh, this is is this going in the smithsonian officially or is that just the rumor (laughs) that we've been we've been told about that no, no, no. Let's shoot low. Springfield, Massachusetts first. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, to me, that's higher. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> the uh, So both – here's what I'll say about the Heat. I think that period of time, especially after the Pacers series in 2012 and then moving into 2013, and I'm going to come back to this when we get to the beautiful game Spurs – those teams were not only starting to play with some of the more modern concepts we see regularly in terms of spacing, you know, you see like horn sets and all kinds of things that are very common now. But I think the Heat have lineup versatility. It's not just about the players, right? It's like if they need to, yeah. they can go with Bosch 5, LeBron 4, and they would do stuff like that. Yeah. Let's talk about who's on these. This okay, yeah, that's here. a good so, idea. So you're closing lineup which was probably the precursor to the Golden State death lineups, actually, that just teams could not deal with. Didn't have a traditional point guard necessarily. Ray Allen, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, Shane Battier, Chris Bosh. Also had Mario Chalmers and Chris Anderson. Or Miller. Anderson. Miller also was Miller. Or yeah, Battier. although yeah. he he was kind of you know in and out there. I mean, I, the if healthy maybe helps him, although he was healthy so rarely during that period that uh, it, it was hard to hard to say that he would ever be healthy, but um yeah if you throw the if health, i mean the, the, a lot of my uh love for this team is based on the if healthy aspect okay keep going so wade really towards the end of the 27 game winning streak suffers a bone bruise in his knee and really just was not yep. the same after that i mean it even got to the point towards the end where they were worse with him on the floor with james than with james just by himself um chris bosh at center started shooting threes this year i think this Miami team, if they were going to match up later in this tournament against you know a team like the Warriors or the Cavs, and saw um, you know the way that they're shooting threes, they'd be like, "Oh, hey, yeah, we should probably do that too." I mean, a lot of it would be mindset. They absolutely have the personnel to play that way. Five out with Bosch and LeBron 
Uh, Bosch can also go to work in a matchup. Wade can go to work in a matchup before he got hurt. Uh, and he's playing at a pretty high level um, throughout most of the 27-game winning streak. Uh, they took off when they got Chris Anderson as well. He allowed them to play a spread pick-and-roll style with a dive man who could come in and get some dunks. And then defensively, really no holes other than Ray Allen. It looks it looks more modern than you think. I mean, you alluded to Anderson as a role man. They just they're sort of a precursor to what exploded in the next few seasons. Um, and, and also, this is to me the best LeBron ever was. Yep, I agree. I agree. So, uh, some of those other seasons are phenomenal, and they're sort of in the same ballpark. I won't split hairs, but if I'm forced to choose, this is the best version, and it's also a two way version. His motor and defensive activity um you know miami used to blitz that's a that's another thing for me yeah, so ex- let's a, talk about a, that that could be a problem right so, so, I, I think and 2014 if they match up against 2014 san antonio now it was a much different miami team by 2014 as it was during their height at the 2013 regular season um and even a much different miami team in the finals which they still won over a spurs team that to me you know was as good or better than the 2014 team. Perhaps it's just, you know, the 2014 team wasn't playing the same team in the finals. So my, I kind of have two or three big things uh, that I'll argue against Miami, but I want to save, yeah. I want to save that for the next round because I think at a higher level right here, I personally like this team over the Bulls. And I think that the key thing is how we sort of conceptualize Wade's health. He had so many chronic wear and tear injuries you know, not only throughout his career, but really starting at around 2012 that just never yeah. went away. And so, I, I mean, it really was, was there anything in 2012 as well? I think it didn't, it didn't really come in until like mid 2013 to my recollection. I thought you, he had, may have looked at no, I, I, I recalling from my historical series that I did a couple years ago that you had something smaller in 2012 and yeah. then 2013, the, the, uh, the knee issue came up that just sort of derailed it from there. Um, that's yeah. a big one for me, how to, how to handle his health. But in this matchup, I think we'll come back to that. If we, Can we switch to the Bulls? Please. Because I'm kind of, I'm, I looked at the Bulls as a team to draft, and I'm interested to see how you think this goes. Obviously, the teams are very similar in terms of era. Should, should we say who's on this team? Maybe. <laughs> okay. Dunked on listeners know, man. They just know. Uh, uh, Derek Rose at the one. Um was injured throughout a lot of 2012 and then obviously tore the ACL. But tore, you know, tore the ACL up 11 or something with a minute left in. But by the way, quick aside, the people who shit on Tom Thibodeau for still having him in the game up 11 with a minute left, like that's standard operating procedure even today. Like that's the you're not going to take him out up 11 with a minute left. It, yeah, it was painful, though. It was. Yeah, I mean, it sucked, but nonetheless. So anyway, the rest of the team and, and you don't blame the organization for a lot of stuff on there blame Thibodeau for a lot of stuff a lot of guys careers you know the minutes etc etc but that that one to me I always felt he got a bad rep on um Rip Hamilton who they signed that year also spent a lot of time injured with a groin issue um the Bulls medical staff really benefits from the if healthy caveat here um Luol Deng at the three Carlos Boozer at the four Noah at the five probably gonna close games maybe with Taj Gibson at the four uh and Noah at the five uh, C.J. Watson, Kyle Korver, Ronnie Brewer, and Omer Ashik as well coming off the bench. And I think that that Bulls team might have had a decent chance against 2012 Miami before they figured out to play with a space right. floor and with Bosch at center. Right. But once they did that, and, and you saw it, yeah, Rose wasn't healthy, but you saw it when those two teams matched up in the 2013 
playoffs. Tom Thibodeau just didn't have answers. Like his solution was, we're going to put Joakim Noah, our best help defender, on Ray Allen, their best shooter, which is just about the dumbest place you could put him. So I think with some of my notes on this, because I, I looked at this team, with Tibbs, you've got all of the sort of uh, progressive defensive things that he did in Boston, carrying them through to Chicago. But there's sort of like a single trick, you know, one trick pony, single solution genius. And then there's an adaptive genius. And to me, yes. to me, he's the former. And so, you know, especially I didn't even have him in my my top 16 for my draft board because you get into a tournament like this um everyone's icing side pick and roll everyone understands so, some of these concepts that he's put in what else does he have in his bag that was my first big one the second big one was you look at that personnel on that team how in the world are they going to get to a modern style of offense they so i have a uh it's fairly rudimentary basic spacing metric that i do historically for subscribers on patreon.com slash thinking basketball if you want to get a bunch of the stats you'll hear me rattle off they're over there and their spacing is basically archaic it is far worse oh, yeah. it is far worse than any other team we're going to yeah. talk about in this tournament and so now, those- now they were they were the number four offense that year uh even with rose missing a bunch of time but so much of that was built on like the offensive glass yep, yep, and yep. you know avoiding turnovers right. like that kind of stuff it wasn't i think they're, they're they were not just the same scoring unit. I mean, probably the worst offense in this group by far. So th- those were, you know, those were the two big things to me. And even though the Heat are kind of proximal, they're only a year apart in time. Just the the extra gear that they have on offense is not something that I think Chicago can come remotely close to. Uh, and then I don't love the thirteen Heat team defensively. We'll get into that in the next round, I assume. But I don't, you know, I don't think Chicago can take advantage of that in a meaningful way. Yeah, and I think they do have LeBron really guarded Rose very well in the 2011 conference finals down the stretch. And, and yeah, I, I think when the Heat were playing with, you know, Dexter Pittman at center, they, they, uh, Chicago had a chance to stop them reasonably well. And those games turned into like real slugfest, even in the, in the 2012 regular season when those teams matched up. But then, yeah, Bosch at center, you just uh, did not have another option there and i do think you know guys like ashik no i mean that those are some of the few guys that could just stop lebron from just parading right to the rim under normal circumstances but if those guys don't have anyone to guard maybe a a more thoughtful coach would have said okay we're gonna put Joakim Noah on Dwayne wade and but yeah that's not that's not gonna happen wasn't smart enough to do that yeah so that that i match up i think but yeah I, i think you know some of these games chicago could keep it close but down the end, they would just struggle to score too badly, and that's what happened in a lot of those matchups between those teams. So, uh, so thirteen heat. We we agree thirteen heat moving yeah. through. Okay. Yeah. Where would you have had that? Uh, I had them the thirteen heat actually as my number three pick. Um, where would you have had them? I as had as them. I had them seventh, I think. Okay. Yeah. Although, although you're going to do a good job of pushing me off the 16 Spurs. Some of those 16 teams, it's just, it's a very challenging thought experiment to go through because if you have a lot of good teams in the same season and you agree they're all good teams, some of them are going to lose and your memory of them is not going to be that sexy, especially when three of them are in the same conference. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was, yeah, to have four teams from 2016, I mean, that's, that may just be the greatest season of all time as far as just like everything that happened in it. 
Um, so just just so people are clear, you yeah. you want to balance. It's very hard historically. You want to balance the distribution of the teams in the league with how easy it is to be dominant. So like right. the seventy one Milwaukee Bucks were they were a great team. They're an all time great team. But some of their dominance indicators, like the number of games they won by twenty five points or their point different, they're off the charts. And you do have to kind of balance that in your head with like, okay, there is expansion going on or, you know, three other key teams went into tank mode and lost their players. So they're handing out wins like coupons at the grocery store or something. So you want to balance. And the ABA siphoned away yes. players too. Yeah. That it, yeah. And they, I think they had expanded from like nine to 17 teams over the previous five years. Exactly. Yeah. So, so you, you always want to try to do that. Those are the very extreme cases in the early seventies. So with 2016, you're kind of like, is it, what's going on that there are so many dominant teams? And to me, it's a, it's a blend. It's like maybe those teams weren't the greatest teams ever. Uh, although 2016 Golden State certainly in that conversation, but you just clearly also had four incredible basketball teams, the rosters, all the talent collected there. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you just look at the players who are on those teams. I mean, those are like it's it's incredible. The number of Hall of Fame players just insane. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. All right, what's next? Uh, it might be next to take this to a part two. Actually, I mean, I think we're we're about an hour and a half in, hour and twenty minutes in. So uh, maybe we can save the second half of the bracket and the finish for uh, another time. Since uh, don't want to pull a Larue here and, and keep you <laughs> keep you for. For three hours. I, I mean, and also, I it would be uh, presumptuous of me to assume that you enjoy my podcast as, as much as Danny's. So just a uh, just a full just a full teaser to the entire audience, right in the middle, right in the middle of the first round. <laughs> yeah. So maybe maybe we can reconvene here in uh, in a little bit, uh, and uh, I'm going to do a, a home and home on Ben's pod later this week. We're going to talk about some of the greatest power forwards ever. That'll that'll be a fun conversation also have, but have uh, you put your legwork in for that yet uh no i it better not be as much as this no it's not but it's <laughs> it sneaks up on you not as much yeah. as this sneaks up on you this was really uh but i hope i hope the audience enjoys the fact that we didn't just do eight teams and we doubled our workload well yeah because eight teams would have been like okay it's just all the champions exactly I really i i most enjoy the part of this i most enjoy is getting into some of these teams that maybe had one bad series and lost or it, it were really dominant teams at the time that just uh, so that they're not quite as lost to history because I, I know that's something you've focused on a lot of just like I, yeah not be quite as outcome based on a single playoff series that's my favorite part of this because it forces you even just like the the 2019 raptors bucks if you if if you know for whatever weird time quirk you know magic wand that they're actually going to run it back you have to rethink how you're going to forecast that series and bet it and we we see this all the time in betting markets when we look at like behavioral research people after the fact are completely misrepresenting where they were three days before when the series was up in the air and there's maybe no better recent example than that series um or the 2018 rockets warriors series is another one well that yeah that 2019 series i picked toronto to win the series beforehand after they went down 2-0 i was like that was the dumbest pick i've ever made (laughs) and then they win four straight and win the series yep I was, but but people were really down on Toronto that series because they just shot so poorly from three the previous series against Philly. Yeah, and this, so I think people were underrating Toronto. That's part of why I picked them to begin with. Yep, and I think this is why you want 
that larger perspective. For me, when I analyze playoff teams now, it's like, give me multiple years and multiple series because you can have extremes. You can have that Philadelphia defense and that matchup with Toronto and everything going on. I mean, they were very close. They they were almost panned. Think about what happens if they lose that series in six, maybe even seven games, right? Because they were down 2-1. Kawhi had the the sort of big push at the end of game four to even it up. They end up winning in seven after, weren't like five and six blowouts each way? Wait, sorry, which series is this, this again? The, uh, oh, uh, the Sixers? semifinals. Yeah, the Sixers and yeah, Raptors. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, five and six yeah. blowouts each way. Yeah, and so, I mean, that thing is just perilously close to going toward Philadelphia. How do people talk about Toronto and the Kawhi move and everything if a couple more buckets go the other way in that series? So you're you're that low, and then the next series you're that high after four in a row. It's just, it's, it's a lot of uh, sort of variability for me where I, I want that larger perspective. All right, well, follow Ben's YouTube channel, maybe the best basketball YouTube channel out there, Thinking Basketball, and uh, the Thinking Basketball podcast, where I will be appearing later this week. Talk to you all later on. Thanks once again to Ben for joining us, and thank you to Blinkist for sponsoring today's program. The Blinkist app gives you the key takeaways from thousands of best-selling nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes for you to read or listen to. 10 million people are using Blinkist. Right now, it is a massive and growing library from self-help and business to health and history. Right now, get 25% off your first year at Blinkist.com slash Capspace. That's Blinkist.com slash Capspace. Don't forget that slash Capspace URL to let them know that you came from us. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.